You're listening to Dancing Around Elephants, a podcast that talks to dancers about the elephant in the room, dance injuries. I'm Danelle Dixon, a dancer turned physical therapist, and I currently work with dancers helping them get past their challenges to access the next level of their dance careers. I'm sitting down to talk with dancers about their journey, their injuries, and how they have successfully navigated past the elephant in the room. My goal is to change the way we approach injuries in the dance community, and it all starts with a conversation. Let's get started. Hi everyone, my name is Danelle Dixon, Performance Plus Physical Therapy, and this is Dancing Around Elephants, and I am here with the amazing Malik Washington, and this is such a special one for me because you know this guy. We danced together a long time ago. I'm not going to betray my age, but this is a really, really special one, and I'm really excited for the stuff that he has to share with us. So... Malik Washington is a performer, choreographer, and teaching artist hailing from the Bronx in New York City. He began his dance training at Harlem School of the Arts, Broadway Dance Center, and LaGuardia High School for the Performing Arts, and attended the Boston Conservatory on a full scholarship before beginning his professional career with City Dance Ensemble, located here in Washington, D.C. While there, he worked with Paul Taylor, Kate Weary, and Alex Noriel, and as a springboard dance participant located in Montreal. Malik also worked with Jose Navas and Rubberband, and upon his return to New York City, Washington collaborated with MacArthur Genius Awardee Kyle Abraham and his company Abraham in Motion for four seasons before becoming the first African-American male to perform in a critically acclaimed immersive show, Punch Drunks, Sleep No More. He has also performed for musical sensations such as Sia, Fish, and Rihanna for her immersive anti-dairy campaign. He is also a 2017-2018 Dancing Wild Black Top 10 Choreographic Finalist. Alongside his creative work, he has entered into his second season with Camille A. Brown and Dancers in collaboration for her work, Inc., that premiered at the Kennedy Center in December of 2017. Recent accomplishments of his include being a part of the ensemble for NBC's Jesus Christ Superstar starring John Legend as Jesus, performed at the 2018 TED Talk conference in Vancouver, British Columbia with Camille Brown's new second line, and performance with ASAP Rocky testing album, release installation at Sotheby's NYC. Guys, this is Malik. Welcome, welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became into dancing. Oh, man. Um, so my name is Malik Washington. I am born and raised from the Bronx, New York. And I <laughs> fell or stumbled into dance uh, um, actually through my family. My mom thought it was a good idea for me to have a, a godmother that was closer to my age. Uh-huh. So my godmother is only about nine years older than me. Okay. And she was attending Broadway Dance Center already. Oh, wow. Okay. So I was, she was my babysitter. Uh-huh. Every weekend I stayed at her house in Queens. Yeah. And she would take me to Broadway Dance Center just to watch, while she took classes. Right. I was a jumping bean. I could never stay still. <laughs> my entire family thought I had ADD. This mm-hmm. is like the rise of ADD. Five. Exactly. That's um, interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they thought, they were like, you need something to like calm him down. Mm-hmm. And then one day they were having a talent show mm-hmm. at uh, Broadway Dance Center. I really wanted to be in it. I saw all the 
ballet positions, and I was like, oh, I can do that. I learned all that <laughs> stuff in the back, and uh, they put me in it. Mm-hmm. And the next week, I think Frank Hatchett himself and some teachers were like, who was that little boy in that piece? Mm-hmm. They were like, we need to put him in the school. Ooh, and nice. I was in the class, like, week after. Like, yeah. From a lot of the teachers that I still teach with now, I brought again, so it's a mm-hmm. full circle. So, yeah, it's really cool. Seven years old. And now, wow. you know, 31 and still doing it. And y'all, if y'all know anything about Malik and his amazing accomplished career that I just went over, this dude has it. Like, whatever you're looking for, he has it. And that's all I'm going to say, but we will we'll get more into that. <laughs> so tell me what your breakthrough moment as a professional was as a dancer. I think my breakthrough moment had to be... It was a little, it was down and up at the same time. I dropped out of my second college, mm-hmm. which was uh, New World School of the Arts. Mm-hmm. And the first college that I went to was Boston Conservatory. Mm-hmm. Both of those schools kind of didn't play out the way I wanted to when I thought about education for dance. Okay. Um, so leaving school, I went back to New York and just went back to the freelance grind, okay. which I already knew, even wow. though I was only 20, mm-hmm. 20. Yeah, I was only 20. I was freelancing at seven, at 14. Mm-hmm. You know, you're from New York. You just got to learn how to hustle. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my, my first modern teachers, she let me join her company, which mm-hmm. is a smaller company mm-hmm. called Rod Rogers Dance Company. Shout out to Kim Greer. Yeah. Are you serious? That's my mom. That's Okay. Pause, guys. <laughs> this is some stuff, but I also dance with Kim Greer. Yo. No way. Yes. She was my so, first modern teacher. So, wow. This is crazy, y'all. Like, so I danced with Kim Greer and Rod Rogers in between PT school and undergrad. Oh my God. So I took a year off. I went to New York. I did all of my stuff to get into PT school. And I wanted to dance. And I auditioned and I did like about a year and changed with them. I did yeah. about like maybe she knew I just left school. She mm-hmm. knew I had no money. I had no job. Mm-hmm. So she literally said, you're my son. Come on. Yeah. Learn these pieces. You can help me. I'll pay you whatever I can mm-hmm. for any of the shows we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was also good training for me. Yeah. She's an amazing, she's an amazing teacher. Amazing teacher. Amazing um, teacher. But also like the human being in her, the, the heart that she has mm-hmm. for her students. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about, I've known her since I was 10 years old. Wow. So her seeing yeah. me at 20, 10 years later, and just still helping me, and other teachers that I had at Harlem School of the Arts yeah. started taking their time out and giving me private lessons. Wow. Uh, Miss Shipley was giving me um, Pilates lessons mm-hmm. and uh, ballet lessons, and then uh, auditions came up. I auditioned for a company that was based in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. called City Dance Ensemble. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was in Bethesda, Maryland, mm-hmm. and it's no longer a company anymore, but it's a school, mm-hmm. and I was hired. Weird thing, I was hired... They had, I made it to the audition late. I missed the first 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. So I only had five minutes to learn choreography. Mm-hmm. I learned the choreography in five minutes. They did a cut. My name wasn't called. Mm-hmm. Five seconds later, 69, 69, come mm-hmm. back. And I'm like, wait, what happened? They were like, we didn't have any of your information because all of my stuff was wet because it was raining. Oh. First audition in New York City, you did everything wrong. Man. And you still get it. And I still got the job at wow. the end. You know, they had at the last, the end of it, there was six dancers, mm-hmm. and you all had to do solos, mm-hmm. which was kind of un- unheard of, and I don't think a lot of people do that. No, they don't. Uh-uh. Yeah. Uh, but I think they wanted to see your style. Mm-hmm. Um, out of these six people, mm-hmm. five of them were Juilliard graduates mm-hmm. that were about to graduate, and I was only going to be a junior mm-hmm. in college. Uh, and I outbeat everyone else that went to Juilliard and got the job. Rocking it, guys. Like, so, rock, just killing it. 
Uh, at my young age. Very young. <laughs> no idea what was going on. Had no money, moved to D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, the next week with $150 in my pocket. Mm-hmm. Got an apartment down the street from Howard mm-hmm. and started working. And the rest was that kind of history. We started drawing. I started working with people like um, uh, everyone from Austin McCormick, from Christopher K. Morgan, um, Wow, uh, Paul Taylor did like six Paul Taylor pieces, mm-hmm. and that was kind of a breakthrough to like one one of the first walls to be like, okay, what is it like to be a professional? Mm-hmm. What is it like to not show up on time? Because if you don't, go doctor you yes. Like, do you know your work? Do you know the other person's work? Because mm-hmm. that was a moment like someone left the company like right before the tour, two days before the tour, and I had to like all these pieces oh, wow. on a plane off of a laptop. Mm-hmm. Can you do this? Yeah. So it was a lot of teaching uh, experiences. Really yeah. Wow. So combination of meeting up a career yeah. and then getting having all of these experiences where you audition, you go to sing dance, and you get these auditions and then being thrown into the community of yes. professional dancers, which is very different, guys, to the world where you are semi-professional, mm-hmm. you do it on... You know, just you know, just take a couple of classes. Do a couple, it's a very, very different world. It's a very, very different level. Skill, attention. It's 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 a professional job, yeah. which a lot of dancers I think don't quite understand when they are trying to get to that yeah. place. You know, they don't quite understand the mindset that has to transform. Okay, that's pretty good. <laughs> All right, so tell me. Let's get into the nice juicy yeah. stuff. Tell me about your first encounter with an Indian. Stop you from dancing. high school. Which is mm-hmm. kind of crazy because you're learning very early. Mm-hmm. Um, my senior year of high school, mm-hmm. I was working with Camille Brown, mm-hmm. uh, Darrell Moultrie, mm-hmm. um, and my teacher, uh, Elisa King. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were in rehearsal one day, and I was running behind a girl. If you can imagine her heel of her foot, my big toe, mm-hmm. hammer to nail, whoosh, cracked my big toe mm-hmm. and split it in half. Had a stress fracture wow. in my big toe. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just like, you know, no, it's just a, it's just jammed. I have to pull it. Did that. Mm-hmm. Said it worked. Couldn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't walk. Uh, it was kind of like really through throbbing. It was sore. It was swollen. My mom took me to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, doctors told me I had a, a hairline stress fracture. Okay. Um, one doctor got, you get multiple, uh, you know, um, opinions. Mm-hmm. Uh, one doctor said four months. Mm-hmm. Another doctor said two weeks. Mm-hmm. Me being, the doctor was saying two weeks, he was like, you're a dancer, you're physical. If you take the two weeks off, don't walk on it at all. Mm-hmm. It will heal faster than you doing the PT. Not, not fully, fa- not fully, not fully healed, healed okay. but that enough for me sense. to take, to go back to dancing mm-hmm. and then I would get through it and mm-hmm. like, you know, cause I was like, man, I gotta dance. It's like a month away from our graduation concert. Mm-hmm. And if you know anything about LaGuardia, you do not perform until your uh, senior year. So it's a big deal. Like, so this, is big one, this, is your, this is your one chance. One shot. Right. And these are all the people that I'm like working with that I don't want to let down. Of Anthony course. Rodriguez that I've known since I was like seven years old, nine years old. Mm-hmm. Um, so I took the two weeks. Mm-hmm. Didn't take the four months. Okay. The two weeks I was able to perform. Mm-hmm. Good. But it did further damage down the line. By the time Tell I went to, yeah, by the time I graduated, 
uh, on time because I wasn't going to. <laughs> Graduated on time, got my scholarship to Boston Conservatory, and I went to school with five of my other friends, mm-hmm. males that all came from New York, and we all entered Boston Conservatory at the same time. Uh-huh. The stretch factor increased by mm-hmm. going into a more strict ballet program yes. of 45 weeks of dance mm-hmm. in a week. Yeah. 45 hours mm-hmm. of dance in a week. Yes. The stress fracture started to open up more. Mm-hmm. So now I had to do uh, the electrical uh, stem thing mm-hmm. that they put on. Like I had a machine that I wore every night mm-hmm. to like try to make it the bones fuse because they mm-hmm. were telling me if I didn't do this, they were going to fuse the bone. And they if you to. do not know what fusing the bone is, if you think about looking at your thumb and you see the lines that are there, those are the same spaces that are in your toe. And they will make it just one bone. Mm-hmm. I met a woman a week before I was supposed to get the surgery. She showed she actually had a fuse. She had the same injury as me. Mm-hmm. She fused her bone and she showed me that this was her foot. She could only releve this much off of the floor. And she used to be a dancer. I started crying and I was like, no, I can't do this. She was like, I recommend you don't do it. So. I have to interject a little bit here because mm-hmm. I feel very strongly about this. One, when I started my career as a PT, um, in my third year, I remember very clearly coming across a dancer, a little bit of a different injury to yeah. you, but he had um, he had a bunny knife and he really Ooh. wanted to correct it and mentioned that, you know, he was a dancer recreationally, not professional, um, but went to his doctor and was like, oh, I'm a dancer. And he's like, oh, it's, it's all good. We do it. And if you know any details about the the surgery, mm-hmm. it's exactly the same thing as a fusion. Because they change the joint and the alignment of the joint, they have to put pins and rods yeah. in, which limits your range of motion. Dancers need to get up onto that demi point. It's, it's essential. Yeah, it's, it's, it's non-negotiable for a dancer absolutely. to not be able to get onto the demi point. Even worse if you're a female and you have to do points. Yeah, yeah. Okay? And I remember looking at him and thinking, why didn't someone tell me not to do the surgery? Right. I would never recommend any, any dancer do any surgery that's not that's not avoidable. Yeah. Like you do everything necessary because the outcomes are just not as great for dancers. It's that's just true. the fact that medicine and medicine has come a long way. Mm-hmm. However, medicine has not come as far as dancers need to go. Right. So if the general population is here, dancers are out here just because of how fast, how physical, how flexible we are. So any sort of surgery, you'll get back to normal. You're not going to get back to dancing. No, you're not. That's, that's just what it is. So it's so interesting to hear the story. Tell me more about it. How did you get through it? So the woman, uh, <laughs> seeing my breakdown, mm-hmm. um, and I talked to some teachers about some other, um, just some other ideas of how I could get healthy again or mm-hmm. uh, regain strength in that foot and in my entire body. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, my best friend was at school with me. He had a uh, ashagana bone. Oh, that broke, which mm-hmm. if you don't know, it's like the on the back of your heel, it's a bone that kind of stays out like a hook mm-hmm. and it his snapped. Mm-hmm. And by his snapping, uh, all these toxins from it started pouring out. You could see his skin getting really, really uh, deteriorating and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And this guy is like the best skin in the world. And you're looking at him like, wait, what's going on? Right. He had to be rushed to the hospital. Wow. Um, so after that, both of us are just sick. Mm-hmm. And we're like, we can't do anything. One of our teachers said, why don't you just try water therapy? Mm-hmm. And for the next semester, uh, we just did water therapy, which is basically we took ballet in uh, a pool mm-hmm. every day with our therapist. And 
She also helped us work on our core work without using our feet and then just doing soft releves mm-hmm. and demi point, everything. But it made us so much stronger. Yes. When we went back to class, we were out dancing everyone else that was already taking regular classes. That's so awesome. now the teachers are like, wait, you guys haven't been here for a whole like the whole semester. You're mm-hmm. taking your other classes somewhere else. What are you doing to get so much stronger? Mm-hmm. And when we said water therapy, it ended up some of the students ended up making it a curriculum that they had to go and take it. Now that's an interesting point because I think from the medical standpoint, looking in, you did two things. You did your rehab, but you also did cross training, mm-hmm. which a lot of dancers just consistently miss. Yeah. So, what are for you guys, audiences listening out there? The importance of water therapy or hydrotherapy is that it's not weight-bearing on the bones. So for an injury like a stress fracture, where impact is your enemy, every single time you take a step, you have a chance of increasing that stress fracture just a little bit. Just like a crack in, in a piece of wood, every single piece of impact, you can just increase that gap, and you really want to close that. So for that reason, a lot of medical professionals will say no weight-bearing, they'll put you in a boot because they don't want that impact getting in through the bone. So when you're in water, you're not, the water absorbs a lot of that shock. So you can do a lot of jumping, you can do a lot of movement without getting that transmission of force into the bones. But the good thing about the water therapy, water also has its resistance. Mm -hmm. So you were able to work, (laughs) you were able to work a lot a lot more efficiently yeah. and improve the quality of your movement, improve and just fine-tune your technique. So when you got back into class, you were rolling. Great, quick. And if you ever think about it, like uh, they say, you know Muhammad Ali, that famous picture while he's underwater and he's punching. Mm-hmm. And that's what was the idea that we had. We mm-hmm. were like, yo, we'll be like the new Muhammad Ali's of dance. Mm-hmm. Like there'll be someone that'll take a picture of us and just see us doing tondus underneath the water. Yeah. Of course, we had to make this elaborate <laughs> like story in our brain. Yeah. Um, but it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we eventually didn't stay at the school. Mm-hmm. Um, we left and went to another school. And that's when I think um, my ideas of dance started to change because I started to look at how people did rehab. And a lot of them do physical therapy. And, and it was just like, wait, water therapy is outside of that therapy, but it's still a therapy. Of course. Could that, mm-hmm. could that idea still happen in dance where I don't have to go to college? Mm-hmm. I can find my own uh, route, my own route mm-hmm. to get uh, to where I want to be as a professional right. without following everyone else. Yes. Yes. And it absolutely happened. So mm-hmm. that was the inkling. And then I had to take some, you know, some more fine tuning yeah. to figure out, okay, I can do this on my own. Wow. This, that's, that's, I, I love that story. So let's go back to that specific interview. What advice, you, you, see, you said that you got some advice from a lady who had a similar surgery mm-hmm. or injury to you. Yeah. Who else do you look at for advice? And, and, and how, like, what advice were you given in general about taking care of your teachers, your choreographers, your mentors? What did you get? Uh, you know, my number one person that I always talk to about anything, mm-hmm. my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, cause she'll be the person that like, I got this, I'll do the research, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I'm, spe- I'm, I'm in school. I'm, I'm also, you know, taking tests, reading mm-hmm. books. So it was a lot of pressure on me too, to, to deliver. Um, I felt like I was a jock, mm-hmm. um, being pushed to like get back into the game really quickly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'm there, they're paying me mm-hmm. to be there to perform. Of course. And I was brought into the office mm-hmm. at a certain point and I was told I was a commodity. That I was there wow. to bring, you know, uh, attention to the school so that when I leave, people say, you know, well, he went to Boston Conservatory, so you should go there as well. Yeah. Um, so I didn't feel like I really wanted to stay there as well, just because wow, I felt like, yeah, now I was, I'm cattle. Yeah. Now I'm being mm-hmm. used. Um, uh, so 
um, my mom was like, you know what, let's take our time, let's pray on it, mm-hmm. and let's see what happens. And um, that whole experience of the that toe fracture, it healed itself. Mm-hmm. The, the electrical stem didn't work. Yeah, it doesn't You know, the, mm-hmm. so I would say the water therapy helped the most because now, I, after that, I had no issues with it ever again. Mm-hmm. And that was all the way in, what, 2005, 2007. Wow. It's a long time ago. And no, nothing. Like, I'm talking about, I I, I stub my toe, mm-hmm. I wear sneakers, I wear no sneakers, mm-hmm. or jumping, I dance on concrete, and now I have no issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the information, you know, I went on Google, and I talked to a lot of um, other teachers that had issues with their feet mm-hmm. um, and hands and bodies. Um, but I got the best foot doctor in Boston. Okay. He's the doctor, I forgot his name. Mm-hmm. He's the doctor that works on everyone at... Um, Boston Ballet and they were trying to give me orthotics and everything to like reshape the arches of my feet mm-hmm. so I don't put so much pressure because I'm very flat footed mm-hmm. um, they wanted to try to change the reshaping of my foot and when I wore them they still it, it still didn't have that uh, effect so all of those tools yeah tools and recommendations mm-hmm. kind of didn't work for me so we prayed on it mm-hmm. <laughs> grandma prayed on it mom prayed on it and it helped my teacher is giving me other exercises to work on mm-hmm. with therabands, with yeah. resistance bands. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, if that's weaker, let's work on other things to make that stronger as well. So my core, mm-hmm. my upper body, I started going to the gym and working on my upper body. And by working on my upper body, I was also strengthening my lower half. Of course, of course. So my legs mm-hmm. got stronger. My calves got stronger to take more impact mm-hmm. um, from the jumps and everything. So I got better I was jumping higher my ballet teacher uh, Luis Fuentes mm-hmm. he's had every injury in the book mm-hmm. so he is like okay let's get stronger on this let's mm-hmm. get stronger on this and yeah the teachers at Boston Conservatory really helped me out yeah. uh, not the dean the teachers sorry dean <laughs> you, you didn't you didn't do a good job I don't know what happened there but <laughs> yeah so Next shout out time. to all those uh, <laughs> teachers uh, Denise Pons mm-hmm. uh, Leslie Woodies Mm-hmm. Um, Luis Fuentes, yes, all those teachers did amazing. Awesome. Job. So you had a really strong support system with mm-hmm. your teachers and with your family mm-hmm. also. That's awesome. That's really important to know, guys. So who do you feel was the best person in that entire circle to help you and why? I would say, besides my mother, mm-hmm. um, when it first happened, it would be Michelle Mathesius, mm-hmm. who was our dean for LaGuardia High School. Okay. She called every doctor that she knew mm-hmm. so like to find the best doctor to f- help me quickly she mm-hmm. even put out her own money wow um, so she was always she's always been a great mentor to me mm-hmm. um uh, very supportive in my whole career mm-hmm. so she was like the first person that was like awesome. you know we went to um, mm-hmm. so that's also another thing for students and uh college mm-hmm. uh anyone uh talk to talk to the people that you know that know you uh that are seeing you grow and form and work with you on a daily basis don't hide these things from them um be vocal because they have seen it before you're not the first person that an injury has happened to yeah. uh don't feel ashamed because you're injured and you don't want to let them down if anything they will view you more as an adult if you come up to them and have open communication of like listen i'm hurting uh, is there any way or anything that you know that can help me i just want to put you in a bullhorn and, and just blast that to every single dancer that I know. Two key things I want to repeat there. So you went to the dean, and she was your point person. The one important thing that you said, a lot of your teachers are not going to always have the knowledge. They're not always going to have the answer. The ones that you want to stick by are the ones who are going to find it out and figure out the solution. You don't always have to have the answer, but you have to seek the professionals that will get you to where you need to go. And the second thing is just 
really being able to be an adult and to communicate what your needs are. That's the thing that's going to get you. Hiding never helps. And it's very counterintuitive as dancers because, right. as you know, it's usually black and white. Like, you had the conversation where you got pulled away yeah. to the side and were like, hey, you're a commodity. Like, you need to produce. So there's a lot of mental pressure in the dance community, mm-hmm. not just ballet, the dance community yeah. in general, to be like, you're either on or you're off. And there's no gray area. And there are people that are out there that are willing to help you and to work within the gray so that you can get back into the white part. Like, it's really important to take that time to take care of your body. Because, again, your body's your tool. Mm-hmm. If you don't show up without your tool to work, there's no work. Okay. So you, you you have you have to you don't get paid. So you, that's that's another story. So you you really have to put in the work to make sure that that communication is open. You have supportive people that are yeah. around you. You have people who are knowledgeable around right. you, and not the people who are going to do the fair mongering thing or the you know pigeonholing you to perform yeah. when you're injured. That's not that's not the best place for you. And if you feel that, if you feel someone is pigeonholing you to like put you in a place where uh, you need to perform. That's someone that is not kind of that's not on your side. That's not love. Love is someone that actually wants to cater to you and like mm-hmm. make sure that you are okay mm-hmm. before they put you in any situation that might damage or hurt you. So just think about that. All right, guys. I take, take it in. Take it in. I'm so, like this is so great. This is great. All righty. Tell me um, your worst moment because I'm assuming this is not your only injury. No, it's not. Okay. Tell me about your worst moment as a dancer in relation to injury. Okay. So after I danced for Kyle Abraham for about four years, mm-hmm. I uh, left the company and I joined a immersive show in New York City mm-hmm. um, called Sleep No More. Sleep No More is an immersive show that was built inside of a nightclub and they revamped it to look like a hotel in 1964, I believe, mm-hmm. 1864, mm-hmm. Um, Ireland. Mm-hmm. And the whole show is based around the uh, pantomime or silence of uh, Macbeth. Oh. So the entire show is in silence. Mm-hmm. The uh, audience members wear masks. There's no sitting down. They walk around. They can touch anything they want. But at mm-hmm. the same time, the actors and performers are walking around and they have tracks. Mm-hmm. I was the first African-American male that they ever hired in four years. Oh, wow. So that was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of things that were changing in how they, uh, the show looked. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that show for a year and a half. Um, the show has interesting conditions. <laughs> I've seen, I've gotten a concussion there. Uh, I've, I've seen other people get three concussions in a week. I've seen people dislocate shoulders. I've had... Uh, tears in my iliopsoas muscles. That was a place where I learned so much about my body because we had a physical therapist there every single day. So they were teaching us about our bodies and like the injuries that we were having. I'm a person that if I run up steps, I do double steps, mm-hmm. right? Do double steps for, this show is three hours long. You're running up and down steps, eight shows a week. You do it for six months, that's your contract. You do the math on what the strain is on this. There were days that I would wake up and I was limping mm-hmm. because my iliopsoas muscle was pulling mm-hmm. back up. And they were like, nah, this is tight. You have to relax that. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay. A year and a half later, um, I think I had a moment where I wanted to leave the show, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I can do this for like maybe six more months, get some more why, money. Why, why, So just really thinking of. I was thinking about the next chapter. 
I was thinking about what I wanted to mm-hmm. do next. I was having some issues with the um, uh, uh, manage, management side of things. Mm-hmm. I'm always, I'm not big on uh, business with dance. It doesn't agree with me. I don't have the same values or the same views that most people that are producing shows um, and dancers. Like, I don't view myself as just a dancer. I view myself as an artist, so you should treat me like one. Mm-hmm. Um, that means I'm an actor. That means I'm a singer. That means I'm a uh, Vocalist, uh, if you need me to produce music, I could do it too. I can learn how to do it. Um, don't pigeonhole me into one thing. Um, so management wasn't really trying to do that. Nope. <laughs> they wanted me to. They just usually do They just wanted me to stay in this one box. I wanted to um, branch out and do more things like teaching and mm-hmm. things like that. They really what didn't like seeing me do that because no one else in the show did that. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, you also have never had someone that looked like me in the show. Right. This is what I do. Right. I like to take on so many things at once because I am capable of doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they were ready to hear that. Mm-hmm. So um, I didn't take, I didn't leave when I, my body was telling me to and my mind was telling me to and my yeah. spirit was telling me to. Right. Uh, I got a little greedy and I was like, no, I can stack up some more cash. And the next day I went to like the Hamilton uh, uh, Tony party. Mm-hmm. One of my best friends, Camille Upshaw, shout out. She got me, I was her date. And Two days later, I was in the hospital. Wow. With a staph infection in my spot. I remember that. Right. I remember that. I was in the hospital for 14 days. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a fever of, what's the highest that you could really have? Maybe 120? I was like, probably at 116, mm-hmm. 118. Mm-hmm. Um, I was hallucinating. I couldn't eat uh, for seven days. Let's go back. Right. How did that happen? Okay. So... I was on a PT table mm-hmm. at Sleep No More mm-hmm. after um, uh, Hamilton, the Tony party. Uh, I had a little pain in my back. I didn't really understand what was going on. I was like, oh, okay, this I've had it before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, let me just go to PT mm-hmm. and get it checked out so I can perform the next day. Because I had like a day off and then I would perform. Um, went to PT. There was someone in the room with me waiting for them to get PT. Mm-hmm. Unbeknownst to us, mm-hmm. that person had staff. Wow. The person thought they had a cut on their knee, mm-hmm. and she was treating it with uh, uh, vinegar, um, apple cider vinegar. Okay. So to like keep it clean and to yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. She was still walking around, still dancing, everything. I'm like, oh, it's just a cut. Um, I came in the. I was getting PT while she was sitting in the room. Mm-hmm. I did not know that there are seventeen or thirteen different types of staff. Yes, there mm-hmm. are multiple. Mm-hmm. Um, and my doctors, after being in the hospital for six days, they couldn't tell what was wrong with me because mm-hmm. my body was so hot. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe eight days in, they were like, "You have staff," and they were like, "This is probably one of the severest staff infections we've we've seen." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Wait, how did I get staff?" I'm like, "Is it from?" Kissing somebody, touching mm-hmm. someone, they're like, you can get staff just from like sneezing, and someone else you inhale or you scratch a mosquito bite, yeah, and it enters your pores, yeah, and it attacks your nerve endings mm-hmm. that are like weak. Mm-hmm. My nerve ending that was weak was in my spine. Wow. So I started wow. getting convulsions in my back, and mm-hmm. I literally was doing the exorcism off of my bed. Mm-hmm. I was holding the bed, and the shock would go so far into my back that I was arching off. Yeah. I was in such severe pain. I've never felt pain like this in my entire life. Um, I woke up one morning after getting that PT, and while I was like, I'll lay on the floor and just roll out. My back started to seize up. It took me an hour to crawl to my bed. 
Wow. I was like, no, this is fine. I'll take it. And, and in my head, I'm like, take an Epsom salt bath in the morning. You'll be fine. That's always my answer to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I woke up the next morning. I tried to roll over to get my phone. That intense mm-hmm. pain came back. Mm-hmm. And I'm like screaming. And my mother was like, wait, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't know. I just need to get in the bathtub and I'll be fine. Me being the tough guy that I am, and mind you, I just said, I, I learned all these things mm-hmm. maybe 10 years late, uh, ten years earlier to like take care of yourself and, you know, be mindful. All that went out the window because I'm back in the, the mode of grind. Right. I got to work again. I got to get I got to get this done. I, I can't be sick. Mm-hmm. So my mother's like, nah, this doesn't look safe. She calls an ambulance. Mm-hmm. The ambulance picks me up. I couldn't walk. Every two wow. steps that I took, mm-hmm. they couldn't put me in the bed because they couldn't move me. The bed didn't fit in my room. I had to walk downstairs. And even just taking two steps, <laughs> convulsion, two steps, <laughs> tense, two steps, <laughs> horrible. You get there, they do a tap of my blood. They, they do all this stuff. They couldn't find anything. It felt like it was a house episode where I'm just sitting there sweating, not eating, in pain. Uh, and my mom had to leave. Mm-hmm. My mom was going on vacation like the next day. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, my ex-girlfriend mm-hmm. came and took care of me for the entire time I was there. Wow. Shout out to Alana Lunde, uh, mm-hmm. old da- uh, dancer that used to be out here mm-hmm. at um, City Dance uh, 2. And then mm-hmm. she went on to Paul Taylor 2. Um, awesome. But she took care of me. And Thanks, Alana. Thank you, Alana. <laughs> um, the doctors came back um, six days later after me not eating for six days, seven days. I lost like 50 pounds. Wow. I was pulling like my skin. Um, I look like a completely different person, you know, cheekbones was in mm-hmm. everything, you know, people were like, what's your secret? I was like, almost death. So the doctor told yeah. me if I came in a day later, I would have died. Wow. If I didn't get the antibiotics and everything that I needed. Wow. So um, then that's when I had to redo everything because after thinking about, imagine if you did pull-ups for 14 days straight without stopping. The muscle in your arm would be so big and so large that it would take months, maybe years, for it to go down mm-hmm. to come back to normal. Right. So I had this new muscle in my back that was so strong, I couldn't even, like, if I was standing, mm-hmm. I couldn't reach this. Wow. Mind you, I can touch my toes, but mm-hmm. I couldn't, like, even get here. Yeah. So then treatment started. Mm-hmm. I had a cane, um, and I couldn't walk for four months. Wow, this is crazy, crazy. Just from a staph infection, no, from staff. I, nope. no open wound, nothing, nothing. Literally, like I, I can remember, I was like, yeah, I probably scratched my mosquito bite while I was on the table, mm-hmm. and you know, my PT that was actually there, she had to sign a non-disclosure. Mm-hmm. She couldn't speak about the whole situation because I wrote to Sleep No More, and I was like, hey, um, so yeah, is there any PT or anything that I could get? And then like. Well, we're sorry that happened to you while you weren't working for us, so wipe their hands clean. Wait, 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 hold on. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. They wiped their hands clean. I have the emails to still prove it. Mm -hmm. They're like, our insurance says that we are not liable for anything that happened to you. They tried to use my social media against me. They were like, you were at the Hamilton Tony party. That could have happened to you there. I was like, yeah, but it could have also happened to me in your establishment that four other people had staff that, that same week. It wasn't just one person. Other right. people had staff. Right. Uh, when I reached out to people that had staff, and I'm like, hey, do you mind speaking on my behalf? Crickets. Nothing. Wow. So this is what we mean when, like, uh, you have to take care of yourself. You have to know what you, you need for yourself. Even insurance. I didn't have insurance. 
um, I had workman's compensation from the job. When they took the job away from me, I no longer had workman's compensation. I was sitting there with nothing. My bill was $100,000. Shout out to the nurse that came through, and she worked for Medicare. Um, she put me on Obamacare, mm-hmm. and they covered everything. Good. Everything. That's awesome. That's like any medicine, yeah. anything. Uh, I had so many friends that came to visit me. And also, this is your community. Your community, like, oh, my God. It's just always make, it makes me emotional because think my friend, uh, Enam Akpan, who is a uh, pharmacist, and she was telling me the pills that I needed to take mm-hmm. to relieve pain and things like that. Um uh, friends that like literally just sent me money mm-hmm. because they like we know you don't got a job yeah so like this wow. is what you do or people that were like yo I know you're sick but when you're ready you can teach here mm-hmm. you can teach here Broadway Dance Center still let me teach mm-hmm. even though I was injured yeah so I felt like Arthur Mitchell I was teaching from a chair with a cane sitting up straight wearing a back brace and telling students what to do yeah so I became a better teacher that's right because now you have to learn a new skill in order, because you can't move, you know, you have to look and you have to talk and direct. I can't keep completely different way. Cannot physically yeah. direct you with my own body. Now mm-hmm. I have to start to make um, analogies. I have mm-hmm. to start making ideas. And my mom was sick for a while, and she used to tell me this thing about like the doctor told her she had to chew more times before her food, mm-hmm. uh, before she swallowed her food. And I was like, yo, that's really interesting. I wonder what would happen if we thought of our bodies chewing a movement. Mm-hmm. And so if we chew like Americans, mm-hmm. three times I swallow, yeah. like I'm done. Mm-hmm. What if I chewed one movement for 30 times mm-hmm. to fulfill the entire movement, mm-hmm. to feel the strength of it? Yeah. So I started telling my students, we did things super slow. Yeah. And I was like, chew the space with your knees. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they heard that, they, they started to, and I saw it yeah. in their bodies and I was just like, so then I started to put that into my own stretching. Mm-hmm. Let's chew it for 30. Mm-hmm. Chew it for 60. My first PT session was that same week I got out of the hospital. Uh-huh. I didn't go back to PT mm-hmm. until three months after that because it was expensive. Got it. It was $75 every time I went to PT. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I went, the first time I went to the PT... Mm-hmm. Oh God! I, I hear a story coming. Here we the go. girl that was in the room with me, uh-huh. that probably gave me the staff, was at the PT. Oh no! And I'm asking her, "Why are you at PT?" She was like, "Oh, it's my knee." And I was like, "What happened to it?" She said, "I had staff." I knew you got the hell out of there. I was like, "You don't have staff anymore." She was like, "No." But remember, they told me no one else had staff. They said that no, they were not liable. But this girl sitting right here telling me she had what I had what I had and she probably gave it to me and she literally looked and she was like what happened to you I was like you in the hospital I was like yeah she was like what did you have I was like staff she was like oh my god I hope I didn't give it to you full circle the first time they had me sit down they said sit up and I was shaking because my muscles were so weak yeah from teaching for the next three months I went to like uh, I was teaching at BDC, I was teaching at Perry Dance. Everyone, uh, thank you to all the schools in New York City that still let me teach when I was walking around looking like I was crippled. Hey guys, so we just heard 
a really amazing start to Malik's story. We heard about his toe injury, his toe stress fracture, one of the first injuries that he had. We heard about his crazy, crazy staph infection. We're going to hear more about it. He has more about that to share with us and how he really got through that situation. So stay tuned for the next episode. Do you have comments, questions, or want to share your unique experience? Check the episode cliff notes to shoot me a message. We want to hear from you. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and you've learned some new things and mostly connected with the process and experiences of these amazing dancers. See you next time.